Whoa, 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 whoa. Tennessee Theater is just Alice Cooper, sir. There is no Rob Zombie, so get that right. Okay, well, in that case, Alice deserves every bit of that $250. Alice Cooper. We're not even doing that album. Yeah. There, there you we go. go. Does it show There's that piece of shit album. No, hey, half of it's pretty. Hey, it's beautiful. All right, Wayne. Do oh, no. <laughs> I would like to say James definitely nailed the description. Midlife crisis Corvette Alice Cooper. Wait a minute. He was 38 <laughs> years old at the time. That's not quite. Yeah, he's life. close enough to 40. All right. As a 38-year-old, you're close enough to 40. Oh, man, I, well, oh, I, I must be really circling the drain, you motherfuckers. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let me stop the show. All right, go. Welcome to Rat Salary View. Why, Wayne, why in that intro are you wearing lederhosen? Uh, well, when I make your puppet. Because he's a fascist. Say. That's why. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not wearing lederhosen. What are you don't talking you want about? To see him do the German dance? I mean, this is German dance for you. <laughs> Would you like some sauerkraut? German boy, German boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so it anyway me a while to figure out what that meant anyways hi wayne hi well welcome to r- welcome <laughs> welcome in das rat you will enjoy the show you shut up and like it my aunt says to spit on your haircut anyway go ahead as he as he is trying to talk with the great halloween he's just gonna start speaking deutsch now right no, I, I said welcome. I was speaking Chinese. Oh God! All right, and there. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Well, I just shot down a balloon, so uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you didn't shoot down shit. All righty, we're getting into politics. All right, Ted yeah. Nugent. Hey, 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 hey Wayne. What? what makes a balloon go up? I don't know what. Hot air. What's holding you down? Anyways, hi everyone. Uh, welcome ah, to our review. I only got one thing to say. I mean, yeah. good, sir. very good. The most important shit is written on the blackboard. I was just going to say. That is the greatest backdrop ever. And it's all that matters. Uh, Actually, today we're doing, uh, we're not doing Slayer. What the hell just happened here? I just fucked up my screen. Uh, We're not doing Slayer, but we are going to do Alice Cooper. And uh, this came about because Alice Cooper is actually going on tour with Rob Zombie and a couple other bands, too. But I forget who the hell they are. Anybody remember? Well, more more so because Kane Roberts, who plays guitar on these two albums, is Anyway, continue. But but he will be playing with Alice Cooper. Right. And uh, actually, I'm right now looking at tickets. I guess they're on sale already for the one out by me. Uh, They're not they're not too bad because James, you mentioned tickets for like 250 bucks, but these are pretty normal prices here. Yeah, that's what that they must are. Be, that must be nice, too. man, because the Tennessee theater, man, they're freaking expensive as hell. Yeah, I'm seeing like $90, $80. Um, yeah, must I'm be nice. Like 75 to 90 Wait, is that 90, 80, 90 for nosebleeds or for orchestra seats, Wayne? Uh, 
uh, yeah, well, I didn't get down that far yet. So, yeah. Okay. Jones Beach, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah it's getting higher and higher here. Mid-sized theaters now, like what, 2,000 seaters now. He's no, you know, nowadays. Yeah, but uh, Jones Beach is a 15,000 seater. And uh, all oh, that that's is- the co-headlining show, right? Yeah, it's an amphitheater, shed, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I would suggest that if anyone hasn't seen either Rob Zombie or Alice Cooper live, check them out. You'll be thoroughly entertained. But uh, I've seen them both live on multiple occasions. And uh, as much as I loved Rob Zombie, I'd have to say Alice Cooper, 10 times better. Yeah. You know, I, I had a lot of friends who saw Alice Cooper open it up for Motley Crue, and they weren't Alice Cooper fans, but they were after that show. They couldn't believe how great Alice performed. Then when I told them how old he is, they were even more shocked. You know, but he, he's got a young band, but you know, he's, he's an amazing performer. Yes. So right now for the upper balcony of the Tennessee theater, which isn't the biggest uh, mm-hmm. theater in the world, uh, it is $170 a seat. Hmm. Well, that's kind of, Oh, up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's crazy. That's what crazy. promoter it's thinks not that so? Get that Live nation. Live nation. Oh, it's live nation. Oh, well, yeah, I guess yeah. why am I surprised? They do almost all these damn things now, don't they? Yeah, once it gets closer, it gets to like the two fifty, three hundred dollar range here. But uh, you don't have to sit that close at this place. This place ain't that big. Yeah, wait till you get them on Groupon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, hey, maybe we'll go to that. Actually, Mister Mackey, okay. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe I'll go to that. I was like, my my son likes a couple of Alice Cooper songs, so I think it'd be cool to take him there. He, he loves um, yeah he does you know but uh all right so we thought since kane roberts in the band again we will do uh constrictor and raise your fist and yell right yes those are the yes. two albums with mr rambo i mean kane roberts yes completely ignore the fact that he looks like up. a beefed up rambo with a he- machine gun guitar yeah, he does. He does. He's the he's the wish.com looking of John Rambo. Yeah, but you know what that <laughs> like every good worker of the 80s, he's working the gimmick very well to his advantage. I mean, you know, screw heavy metal Van Hammer. Where the hell was why wasn't this guy working, brother? <laughs> yeah, man, full-time salaries, brother. 40,000 a year. Health insurance, brother. Yeah, yeah, brother. We're gonna be doing this here. Just hip lock, <laughs> lock up, hip toss, and then and then do a rest hold, right, brother? We're not trying to do work in the gimmick. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm actually surprised to see he's got a lot of writing credits on this album, like constricted. Yeah, on both of these records. Yeah. I mean, it kind of shows that he was he was you know very he was part of the band. Yeah, he was only, not just well, a part of the band, but he was. He was very visual and and you know was a really big art artist because I mean he would go on to do this he would go on to do video games for God's sake so oh really I didn't know that I didn't yeah. know that yeah he went out, he he did a uh, he did a full action adventure RPG in ninety six oh wow that's pretty cool I forget what it wasn't was Doom or anything like that was it no 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 it was a real time strategy uh, hold on I'll find it here. Um, one thing I was all always curious about, maybe, you know, Manny, but, um, I've read a few Alice biographies and they never really 
mention it in there, but he was on one song on Trash that he uh, wrote part of as well, Better Nails. I was always curious if that was from, you know, like the Raise Your Fist sessions or if he started Trash with them. But wasn't that written by Desmond Child's Bed of Nails? I mean, it literally is note for note. You would give love a bad name. It's co. I think it lists like three or four people in the co-writing on it. Hmm. Manny, you're muted. We can't hear you. Huh. Manny, you're muted. Oh, he's trying to figure it out. It's always a problem. You put the mute button on, buddy. We can't hear Come you. On, Manny, get get it together, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, he was on time. Yeah, he was on time. He was actually the first one here. Which well, of course, great. we're talking about his boy, Alice. Yeah, I know, right? No, don't hear you. We still, still don't hear you, buddy. You may have to turn off and come so, back on. So he did the, he wrote, like, helped develop and everything, Lords of Tantraz, which was a act, adventure action game in the 1996. Hmm, never heard of it. I think by that point, I, I was, was playing good. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Probably. Know the name of the game. Yeah. Well, that's still cool. You know, I, I, uh, yeah, I know I what he did uh, after. Uh, I mean, if you go to his IMDb page, he's got, I mean, they literally every time that song is played on Friday the 13th, he gets a credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean every single time. And then also he, he wrote one of the songs for a rock star. So. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got, oh. uh, I think, two of his solo albums somewhere, too. Very cool. All right, well, let's talk about Constrictor. Uh, it's a very uh, 80s-sounding album, by the way. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's got a lo- pretty decent amount of filler on it. It's very of its time. And my like. There oh, you are. Oh, yeah, we hear you. Ah, there hey. we go. All right. To answer your question, Greg, I don't know. I imagine that they started that project originally with Kane Roberts and then Alice and the record label, because it's definitely Alice's decision. He wanted to go more commercial, so he hired Desmond Child. Yeah. And actually, well, that worked. It did work, but it's kind of interesting because Alice, he's got co-writing, obviously he wrote the lyrics and some of the melodies, but creatively i think it's the first time he ever really took a back seat to let someone else take the the reins you know creatively on that trash album really yeah yeah because if you notice he didn't rehire him for hey stupid he co-wrote with him but right after hey stupid was over he already got kind of bored of the whole pop metal thing i mean he would mm-hmm. never say that but that's you know my because when uh by nine, you know, by the, when he did that um, last temptation, it was dying, but pop metal was still, you know, or hair metal was still, you know, and with, uh, was still somewhat commercially successful. Mm. Anyway, sorry guys, my cold. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, one of you want to talk about the history of Alice before these albums, like that three-year period. It- that's you, buddy. Yeah, that's all you. <laughs> this is this is your this is your wheelhouse, my brother. Okay, yep. so by been uh, Constrictor came out. Keep in mind, Alice commercially was his lowest point he'd ever been in his career. Warner Brothers had dropped them. He didn't leave Warner Brothers. They dropped them because the Dada album was such a terrible selling album. Did he? He didn't make a video. He didn't promote it. He didn't tour. 
Turns out he was in no shape to do any of that stuff anyway. He did so, uh, star in a film called Monster Dog, though, between Dada and this, correct? Well, that's yes, he did. And that's proof yeah. that he was on cocaine. Because if you ever seen that movie, yeah, it's horrible. Directed by Claudio Fergasso, the director of Troll 2. Wow, I did Even that better. I did that also, ironically, the one song in the movie is better than most of what's on this record. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about um, identity crises, I don't totally disagree with you, but I do like Constrictor. Love that too. Yeah. Oh, I like I like Constrictor too. This was actually um, the era Alice I was introduced uh, to first because it was popular oh. with the music videos and all that shit. Constrictor. Raise your fist and yell and trash mostly because yeah. Well, also uh, the image was back to the Alice <laughs> image of the seventies. Right, right. He kind of abandoned with the uh, during his new wave period. If you look here, if I didn't oh, tell yeah. you that was Alice Cooper, yeah, you wouldn't know. Probably, yeah, you wouldn't know. Um, I think artistically, those cocaine albums are, what did he call those? Uh, what does he call them, Greg? Blackout His blackout albums? Album. His blackout albums. I actually think they're very good albums. I think they're better than Constrict and Razor Fist and Yelp, or to be honest, you know. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Special yeah. Forces is my favorite album he's ever done, honestly. It's one of my favorites, That's too. Sure. The only one I think is kind of weak is uh, uh, Dada, and that's because I really don't think <laughs> anyone gave much of a shit by that point, except for Bob Ezrin, who put it together. <laughs> Alice didn't care that much. It's amazing when you li listen to that album. Um, it's, it's almost so like his final cut, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so weird, but it's, it's, a, it's a good album, actually. You know, there's some it really is. cool songs on there. It is. It, Alice it, claims he doesn't remember writing any of it or recording it, but wow. it, uh, it's amazing how synonymous Bob Ezrin and cocaine are together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but artistically and sales-wise, Alice is definitely on the wrong side of the tracks. I mean, all these bands that he influenced, Motley Crue, Rat, that's just the more commercial side of it. But at the he top did of the charts, up in uh, Twisted Sisters, "Be Cruel to Your School" video. Oh, that's right. That what was that like? Year before that, right? That was, was eighty-six. That? that was actually the same year. The same. Year. Was it the same year? Eighty-five. Was, uh, no, I'm sorry. That was eighty-five. "Be Cruel to Your School" is eighty-five. So he was already kind of going back into. He probably was already working with Kane Roberts by that point. Yeah, that's when the session started. Was in eighty-five. Yeah. And he was yeah. also on uh, WrestleMania, actually. I forget the first one or the second well, one. No, that was the third one. Third he one. brought the Jake the Snake in, Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan, come on. I don't remember that far back. <laughs> it just has one of the most iconic matches in wrestling history on that card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just remember him being on there. Well, when this album came out, not only was the image back, but he brought back the stage show and... Uh, even somewhat of the sound. I mean, it doesn't really sound like the original band or solo stuff really that much, but it's very poppy. I think James might have a hard time with it. You got to keep in mind, James, when this came out, what he was competing against. But um, to my ears, it sounds really dated, which is funny because Dada and Plus the Fashion don't so much, but this one does. And uh, I, I think I think well, one of the biggest issues I had one, with it were was that it just it did sound very. I, I know he's not going pop metal with this, but it sounds very 
when I when I go generic '80s rock sound, yeah. it's it's this. That's right. It's it's just this. I mean, if it wasn't for the lyrics, you know how what difference of this to Eddie Money is it? Truly, my God, like Eddie Eddie Money would would give a left nut to write something even as bad as you know i get i get it i get it i get it but i'm just saying outside the lyrics the the sound is this very similar outside of kane roberts going going absolute freaking ham sandwich even though he goes way more into his guitar solos in the next album yeah all right well why don't we get into the album who wants to start Uh, i'll start okay sure uh, we got we start the album of a teenage Frankenstein. I think it's a really cool song. I, I, it's a good opener for this album, right? And then I think it goes to shit. Give it up and throw my grill is terrible. Dude, <laughs> it doesn't give it, it doesn't give it up kind of sound like locked in? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. a little yeah. bit. Now I hear that. Up. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought it sounded more like Cheap Trick in the eighties. Oh God. Dude, I like there's there's, part, there's a riff and part of the melody from Locked In and certain parts of it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely well, I hear it. Now you mentioned the albums came out the same time. I don't know if Alice. Oh no, I I don't mean yeah. he fucking copied yeah. it. I just happened to notice it was they're, very yeah, similar in one case, the same. Yeah, um, but it it does get back into like you know better songs with the life and death of the party. I think it's got a very yeah. catchy uh, and hooky you know chorus and everything in it. Uh, actually, in simple uh, disobedience is actually kind of cool too, in, in a cheesy '80s way. Um, the world needs well, guts. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the world needs guts need, needed to not be on the album. <laughs> you know what though? Um, when I Manny may have seen this, like because I have the DVD myself, but the Nightmare Returns tour for this album, when they do that live, they do it a lot beefier. Oh, it's it's it, way it's a better. Shame it's so watered down on you. Way here. better line. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. What's that? The world needs guts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Love to hear that. Yeah, he would take kind of like Cut his arm. And, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, trick bag. I don't. I can't remember that one. Awful. Awful. Yeah, that must be why. I, I like it. it. I love bag. it. I love it. In the bin and go. Listen, dude. I mean, look at these love song, love lyrics. Tie you up, baby. Really tighten the lover's knot. Lick my love <laughs> pump. What? My leather boots. I'm your turbo pump. lover. That 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 synth piece though, right when he's doing the. T- <laughs> t- t- I mean, it's like getting stabbed in the ear with well, a that, that, knitting that, that needle. <laughs> it's fucking well. That that intro probably offensive to me neurologically. <laughs> well that that you can hear the ptsd the of this man's voice by hearing that you know you can feel greg's like ptsd flaring up from that makes his feelings flare up he's, yeah. he's able to hear the, CIA up the, blood. the spies in his, i want in matt lock and applesauce if trick bag was played at every valentine's date the world would be a better place i mean no it would be yeah, a huge number of people would kill themselves <laughs> because the only way to get that melody out is with a bullet. <laughs> this album is Sonic Jihad. <laughs> well, look who produced it, Bo Hill. Didn't he produce Rat, right? Yes, he did. Yes, yes yeah. he did. However, and the Rat album thing- sound like Led Zeppelin compared to this. <laughs> Whoa. Well, trick. Oh. Well, that intro to Trick Bag, the keyboards that you mentioned, 
that is cliche 101 and i'm going to blame bo hill well i'm going to blame alice for allowing it to stay on there but i still like the song you know yeah and uh crawling i don't remember either that's my favorite lincoln park song oh what (laughs) (laughs) we're not getting into that i could talk about how much i hate them for about three hours straight but uh... i'm sure you could (laughs) i bet you could you curmudgeon you um, uh, the bear of rat salad review. Seriously, did you ever listen? Have you listened to him actually talk? The, the real bear? No, I haven't. Oh, I need to show you some clips. <laughs> Please do. Uh, uh, crawl. Hey, I didn't. I didn't notice just that uh, Mike uh, Michael Wagner produced. He's back, the man behind the bass. That's interesting, considering how keyboard. He did that and Trick Bag because Trick Bag was uh, based off the original demo for the first version of He's Back. Weren't those songs done for one of the Friday Thirteenth movies, right? Yep, Part Six, Jason Lives. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's right. Uh, Jason's in the video somewhere in the uh, his back. Yeah. I love that one as cheesy as it is. And even the, the song on here, too, because uh, it's all so fucking satirical. They they really took the piss out of the slasher genre with that movie and the music video on the song. As they mm-hmm. should. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Which Friday the 13th was that again? Was that New Blood or New Beginning? Part Actually, six, Jason Lives. New Beginning. Oh, Jason New. Lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jason uh, Lynch. Yep. And the uh and, and from what I'm reading on, on Wikipedia, I guess the great American success story was actually supposed to be for back to school. Yeah, which makes sense movies. when you look at the lyrics, yeah. But it was rejected, unfortunately. And not enough cocaine could have saved it. <laughs> well, you had Sam Kinnis in the film, he probably snorted all of it. Uh, Rest in peace, Sam. And Rodney. <laughs> oh, the hell we oh, I love Rodney. Well, what was cool about his back, I don't like the song with you guys do, but it was the music video because it was the first chance, like a new generation of people. Now, I was already a fan, but, you know, my age or younger actually saw the real Alice Cooper. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was that, that part was cool. And MTV did play the hell out of that video, if I remember correctly. I mean, I like it. Ca- I it's just a catchy song. It's got a catchy chorus and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. It's. Yeah. It's it's a catchy it's a well, catchy eighties tune. It it's, for it's MTV. Also, though, but I can see why it jars a lot of people like reading reviews of this album because it's literally a straight new wave tune just dropped onto the end of a rock album. Right. And it's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems <laughs> out of place. exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. I wish so, it was uh, uh, like a band. Well, there is a band version on the box. Is there? Yeah, I think there's like it's yeah. like a faster band version on the box set. And I, I actually do like that one. I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah, check it out. I actually do like that version too. But uh, this one's cool too. Uh, you know, it sounds kind of, you know, it's really, really outdated. It sounds like a, like an old Nintendo game or something, just weird. But uh, it's a good song. It's catchy. I mean, so I mean, this, this, song, this song perfectly fits the whole, you know, the whole vibe we're going for right here. I right. mean, this is this is perfect for being in a... Uh, in a t-top uh, you know f- you know firebird or a irock or a, you know z28 i mean <laughs> let, let, let's be real this this was perfect for your dad driving it that was when he got his midlife crisis going down <laughs> he had the top open had the had the skullet out and he was rocking out to this song okay midlife crisis corvette rock i love it it is midlife <laughs> crisis corvette rock 
And you know what? And I'm gonna and I am gonna patent that. That is that is mine. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> it is kind of hard to listen to this now with the top down. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's February for you guys. Well, snowing. regardless of the weather, actually, no, it's actually fairly warm here. It was like 50 degrees, but just yeah, today general. was a beautiful day, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, this is perfect for going out on the boat. Then here, how about that? Yeah, all right, but yeah, I, I couldn't. Uh, I even I actually felt a little embarrassed listening to this at work today because you know some people came <laughs> to my truck and I'm like, eh, whatever. Is it just, was it so? In your opinion, is it just too dated? I, I really don't care about things being dated because you know it's a good a good song is a good song, but yeah. to other people, yeah, they're gonna say it's it's way over you know outdated. You know, nobody I, James, I, I just, makes songs like this today. I, James, I just, did you have any familiarity with any of these songs before you heard the nope. song? Wow. And nope. all right, and go ahead anyway. I mean, it, it just just for, just for me, like you know, coming into this, you know, and not hearing any of these songs before. I mean, I might have heard Teenage Frankenstein, but I don't remember. Um, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big slasher fan, so I never heard He's Back. Um, so, you know, hearing it, I'm just like, as soon as I heard it, I was just, this, especially when Thrill My Gorilla started, I was like, my God, this is Avery, every <laughs> you know, cheesy hair metal song on, you know, on, on all of the, you know, MTV was on Headbangers Ball, probably. It's just, you know, I'm like, good God almighty, can we not? Yeah, but he's not serious, like, fucking poison out there crying. God, yeah. God yeah. I hope. I know, I, but. I hope it's ironic, but my God, it does not sound like it. Well, he, no, don't. I like he, the guitar he, to it, too. I, I, I don't know. The guitar is amazing. I think Kane was, is amazing in this. And, you know, I'm going to have to listen to his solo stuff because it, because if it's guitar work is like that, he's very good. Well, Alice definitely doesn't take himself serious. I mean trick bag um what thrill my gorilla where were you when the monkey hit the fan throw my gorilla i don't think social commentary there james you know i mean um, i mean I'm, I'm hoping so hey hey i'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt i just can't trust anything right now okay i'm too much of a cynic all greg, right what's your impression oh greg what what do you think of what? Throw my gorilla or the album? No, the album in general. The album in general. I I think it was a pretty good comeback for them. Um, I think it might have been a little rushed, which is why some of the tunes are kind of weak because they do just get into that groove where, especially with uh, uh, what it's not called back to school, the Great American Success Story, Trick yeah. Bag. Those, those are just too crawling. I mean that that's so generic it's almost unmemorable but his wit is intact here i mean he's got a great band behind me well at least a great guitarist i think the other guys on this might have been session musicians no, well, uh, what's kip winger for god's sakes yeah, oh no that's and, right kip winger did come in on this one yeah, yeah. right uh, i think the drummer's ken murray the album is missing the insert sleeve so i can't look it up um it, it's a, it says it's donnie kisselbach on yeah, okay. ken mary came in on the next one. Oh, okay yeah okay. And, I, and i think stayed up until hey stupid maybe oh he was there that long i didn't wow at least trash yeah but um no i i like it it's certainly not his best record and um I, I don't really care about it sounding dated even though it does with some of the sense just like trick bag i don't think it's put together very well crawling's generic 
great American success story is kind of, uh, but I mean, I can listen to all a side one and enjoy the whole thing, you know, simple disobedience, throw my gorilla life and death of the party. Those are all good songs. Give it up kind of generic too, but at least it's, it's fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the album and I think I like the album because as you pointed out, Alice's wit is in there. Hmm. I personally like crawling because I can remember being a teenager and having some of those experiences that song describes, you know? So, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I, I kind of remember that. And what I like about Alice is he never takes himself too serious. You know, even when he's singing about something serious at some point, maybe not within that song, he's going to throw a curveball in there. Cause he, he just, he can't help himself, you know? Hmm. And uh, that's, you know, but anyway, that's, uh, do I love the album? No. At the time it came out, I did love it. I was so happy he was back to doing rock, hard rock, even though I well, love those albums, that I was really I mean, excited. And this honestly, is the first tour I saw Alice on. That was another reason. I oh, was, really? Yeah. But, um, I was 16 you know, and uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion Open, which sucked. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I've, <laughs> I've seen some videos of them from that tour and it's amazing what being a crazy fucker can do to an individual because just Vinny fucking going off and just pissing notes just for no reason and the rest of the band basically standing there with nothing to do. <laughs> like, what <laughs> in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, Man, you, you know, he was oh, known sorry. for his rock anthems in the, uh, in the 70s and as much as I like the early 80s period, <clears throat> he hadn't done one in a long time because from the inside lace and whiskey all that shit was ballad focused really so you know teenage frankenstein was a great i'm back yeah yeah i already gave my thoughts lou never gave lou, me i think lou, lou what do you think all right so teenage frankenstein i love this track uh to me this is where alice shows the 80s la scene how to do proper sleaze rock <laughs> Give it up. I still say it sounds like a cheap trick song to me that could have been released around the standing on the edge period. I, I like that period of cheap trick. <laughs> Thrill My Gorilla. Is it me or did Say by the Bell and Beverly Hills 902 and 0 get a ton of their musical cues from this song? Because it really <laughs> does feel that way. I can appreciate the tug of cheek humor of the lyrics, but this is definitely sounding like a product of its time. And, you know, in all fairness, let's be honest. Timeline is everything. This may have been what brought him back to the foreground of hard rock. Uh, looking back, though, I don't think it's one of his best, but I don't think it's one of his worst either. So mm. let me just continue. Uh, Life and Death of the Party. This kind of reminds me. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Welcome to My Nightmare. Mm. And it's my second favorite track on the album so far. Civil Disobedience. At first, I thought Alice Does Wild Boys by Duran Duran. <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's true. That yeah, so true. that's an interesting take. I know oh, I never thought about that, but that is so true. But I wow. will admit, Kane did a great job resurrecting Alice for the 80s with his writing. And I like this song. The, the production, I mean, there's a lot of albums that I love that have shit production. Mama's Boys, Power and Passion, for example. Chris Tangaritis, not one of his better jobs. Rest in peace. Hate to speak ill of the dead. Um, 
I can get over the production, but I can't get over the electronic drums. They make the drums on Def Leppard albums from 83 onwards sound like John Bonham. You know, like that's wow. and then that's me being nice. Mm. Uh, World needs guts. Kane definitely stood out by looking more like Rambo and less like Christy Canyon and Ginger Lynn. So <laughs> yeah. be careful with that joke, Lou. That's an antique. <laughs> well, so are they. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and his riffs, uh, I, I think his riffs and his skills are superb. World Needs Guts is this is the one that kind of reminds me of uh, Turbo the the album from from priest which is not a negative comparison i do like uh world needs guts yeah. trick bag not feeling it at all crawling this is more my speed because it has more of that old school alice flair regardless of how much again it still sounds like a product of its time but i still enjoyed it uh great american success story okay seriously this album sounds too happy for its own good i get it <laughs> again timeline being everything this is a product of the era it was successful for the time, but it shows why Alice doesn't really play this era in his live shows. Mm. Um, he's back. I think I'd like the song better if it was played with live instruments, which, Wayne, you just confirmed that it is on the box set. Mm. Uh, again, not one of his best, but not one of his worst. I, I can't get over the the the, the drums. Um, you know, I think that's the reason why the production is negative, in my opinion. Um, the songs that are good, though, are really good. And it may sound it may they may have sounded better if there was live instrumentation. Um, but gratitude to Kane Roberts for bringing Alice back to hard rock. And again, I did love that album. Man, if you remember, I mentioned that my first exposure to Alice Cooper was the song I Am the Future when it was on the class of 1984 soundtrack. So that was yeah. that was Zipper Catch a Skin was my exposure to Alice Cooper originally. Um, but Kane's a killer talent that I think more people should acknowledge. All in all, if I'm being kind, I'll give the album a seven out of ten. I was gonna give it a six, but I didn't hate it. I just hated the the drum machine. Uh, okay. I don't know if it was necessarily a drum machine. It might have been like an electronic drums, which is yeah, it was, was definitely huge, like electronic drums, but yeah, a huge thing. Yeah, back, I think you know, electronic time, drums, but well, whatever it was, are, sir, I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I if it wasn't still crap, <laughs> and that's I not Scottish. I personally think the sound and who he hired as a producer, and even the way the band looked, was definitely calculated by, by Alice. It was always going on. He didn't want to look like he he hired a producer to get that kind of sound. I think Bo Hill probably went further than Alice may have wanted him to. Late, you know, retrospect. But it definitely was an album that was completely calculating to reach that MTV audience, in my opinion. But, you know, I liked Bo's production on the Rat albums. I agree. But Rat aren't Alice, meaning Alice does have a say where the Rat guys, if you read about it, Rat guys didn't really, you know, it was Bo's. I'm not saying Bo, you know, uh, over, you know, he didn't bring in session musicians, but. Bell was definitely in charge of those productions with Rat. With he Alice almost did. I, I don't know if you know that. He almost did. He wanted to replace Warren Martini on a couple of guitar solos, and the band just what said, you no, you're not doing that. It's ridiculous. Warren Martini is the, one of the best of his generation. I agree. So I think with Alice, I'm not saying Alice is a tyrant or anything like that, but um, 
I think it's a little different when a guy's been around as successful he is. I think Bo Hill probably was a little intimidated, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's my take, that it was a very uh, calculated, purposely calculated move by Alice to get back out there, sound-wise. By the way, props on your Misfits uh, Walk Among Us t-shirt. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Again, I apologize, guys. I'm just getting over a cold, so I'm I'm getting over a root canal. How can you live in Florida? How can you get cold? You'd be surprised, dude. (laughs) I'm holding back from throwing up. Uh, James, did you give your uh, synopsis of the album? Um, I mean, yeah, I kind of did. Um, Honestly, it's a a 5 out of 10. It's not like the worst thing I've ever heard. It's not an assault in my ears. It's not something I would be like, oh, yeah. But it's definitely something I can hear someone driving a Trans Am down the, <laughs> down the street with. I will agree with that. Uh, the next album, Raise Your Fist and Yell, uh, was released in 1987. It's a 10th album from Alice Cooper. And uh, I didn't notice, but it also featured uh, Ken Mary on the drums, which you can hear on this album. There's actual real drums on this one. Wait, Ken, Ken Mary? Yeah, from the band yeah. um, from the band Fifth Angel. Fifth Angel, yeah. yeah Fifth yeah. Angel. Wow. He okay. played with House of Lords for a bit too. Yeah. You remember those guys? Great, yeah, great that. drummer. Yeah, yeah, he is, and you can hear definitely hear that on this album. Is uh, bring some life to the uh, the music. I think, um, especially with the opening track "Freedom," it's a really great opener, really catchy. Uh, you know, good rock anthem there. Um, is God, Kip on this album? Kip Winger. Yeah, he's on this album. Yeah. The last one he is on for a yeah, while. Yeah, he's on it. Last album. I don't know if he toured the album, but he's definitely on it. Can I just say I have no shame uh-huh. in admitting that I like and respect Kip Winger and his music. I have no shame in admitting that. Actually, right. if you look at those musicians in Winger, they're all excellent musicians. I mean, Dixie Dregs and Kip Winger is a classically trained composer, I believe. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's correct. Sorry, guys. So we anyway, call, we should uh, call you Stuart. <laughs> yeah, Stuart, you're taking nuts, Stuart. <laughs> don't care. I like what I like. Fuck oh, y'all if you don't like it. <laughs> God, I can't remember some of these songs though. Lock me up. I don't remember what, what that is. Yeah. That's the one that uh, Robert England does uh, the intro for. Yeah, he's the judge. For mass mental cruelty, how do you clean? <laughs> God, why don't I remember that? I don't remember. I don't listen to I mean, this I mean, the song, the song itself is kind of forgettable, it's, but that, that yeah, intro is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, I don't remember. Really? Uh, I thought that one was uh, pre- pretty catchy. With uh, I did too. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I hate, hate to butt in here with with my synopsis of this, but Come right ahead, take over. I wasn't. The, I, I mean. Uh, Outside of the first three songs, I think the album's really good. Um, uh, once once you get past huh. Give the Radio Back, I, I really actually enjoyed oh, yeah. the rest of the album. Uh, but Freedom, uh, knowing the time that it was, it was just like, I was just thinking, God bless, this is just a whole bunch of jingoistic crap. But um, <laughs> Oh, actually, fitting with Kane Roberts, it is totally the Rocky Four of Alice Cooper anthems. It is. <laughs> well, um, it's also Alice's response to the PMRC, which we all forget about. Yeah, yeah I really like that. You could hear that. You yeah. could hear that. But then they also, but you could also hear them go, him go full, full red blooded American there with that one. 
I mean, after, like, yeah. Once you start with "Step on You," it I, I really like this album. It really flew by. But the first few, I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be kind of a slog," and I about yeah. wrote that. And then and then track four hit, and then I was like, "Okay, we're good." Prince of Darkness is awesome. I like oh, "Chop man. Chop Chop." Yeah. Um, I like Gale, and the "Rose on White Lace" is actually a really good ending. Yeah, Excellent. that ending tweet is awesome. Now I'm surprised you didn't like. Um... Uh, what about uh, step on you? Not that I kind that of song. That song. I, I said, I said, I like, I like as soon as step everything on starts, it's good. Oh, okay, right. yeah. I yeah. said, I said, I, the I first of songs I hated. Yeah, yeah, give the radio back is kind of stupid. It's funny hearing, you know, give the radio back. Like, that must be like a thing that's been going on forever. Like, they always wanted the, the rock music back, and it just, I don't know. Well, it is going on today. forever. Yeah, well. My take on the album, this is Alice basically saying, well, MCA sucks. I'm going to do what I want to do. And, you know, he sort of played the game with the song Freedom, which is the only single he bothered releasing for the album. Right. And then uh, yeah. he kind of did his own thing. Surprisingly, it sold very well, even though there's very little promotion from MCA. Uh, that's my well, take. Alice is just like, well, they're not going to promote it anyway. I'm going to do what I want. And he did, and then he left that label. Anyway, go ahead, uh, Luke. Oh, MCA, unfortunately, that was a label where rock bands went to die. I mean, they are not known for their hard rock bands. I I think the, the only exception was Night Ranger, because once Sister Christian hit big, they, expect, they expected every album <laughs> after that to sound like a, uh, Sister Christian. And yeah, they, they 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 did not want to do that. They wanted to stay a hard rock band. So they did not know how to market um, this genre. And it's been historically proven. But Alice should have been like an Aerosmith. There's, well, Alice would, uh, you know, you know what I mean? It should have been. Uh, that's, you know. that's a good point. If he had like the services of John Kalodner, who was a huge A&R guy in the music industry. Yeah. Chances are that they probably, that this, this probably could have been a, a, a super successful period. Cause you got to think at the time, 87, who were the two biggest bands on Geffen Aerosmith and Whitesnake? Why John Kalodner? I agree. Well, until appetite for destruction came out anyway. Mm. Yeah. That is a good Alice point. Do you think Alice would have, I mean, he's, he's been in the industry a long time, but do you think he would have really taken that much instructions from someone like a John, you know, him, he would have gone well, to a certain extent because he's done it, but you know, I mean, he did with Desmond child on the next album. You know? Yeah. But look what he did. He dumped them immediately after the next one, other than a song here or there. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he didn't enjoy writing with him or whatever, but. The one time he gave up all his artistic control in this sort of way, yeah, it worked out financially in his favor, but I don't know if something he really would be willing to do again after that, you know? Well, he I, still does I, play Poison I live. Do, so. I do yeah, like he, quite a few songs from Trash and thinks it's a good record, but um, really wish he didn't do that. I really wish he would have been, okay, Kip probably would have gone for the fucking solo contract regardless, but yeah, I wish absolutely. I would have made another full album like this with Kane Roberts because I really like the uh, harder, darker direction he started going on Raise Your Fist and Yell. 
I mean, there's some of that on Constrictor, but this uh, the follow-up really drops the bullshit. Yeah. What was the reason yeah, Kane left? Kane signed a solo contract with MCA yeah. also. Uh, and also, I think Greg hit it on the head. He Alice wanted to go on this more commercial direction. And let's face it, Kane Roberts' muscle-bound Rambo thing wasn't what the kids wanted to see with the Guitar Heroes at that time, I guess. That's my guess. I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I'd say so. They were going for a, <coughs> for a kind of an image change, and Kane Roberts really wasn't it. I mean, think of Alice's image, too. He uh, It came back, I think, after the Hey Stupid tour, but he dropped the black makeup, the... the um, the, the costume or how he was dressing was more like in line with Motley Crue was doing at that time, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, even lyrically, Poison you bring out, you know, hmm. all this other stuff was definitely more in line to what, say, a Bon Jovi. I mean, I like trash, but I never was that curious to hear what Alice would sound like fronting Bon Jovi. Now I know. Right, right. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad album. No. No, although I, I really don't care for only my heart talking about all Yeah, that. that's that's, just that, that's exactly yeah. what it would sound like having Alice Cooper front Bon Jovi in it. Is actually not- I think I think John Bon Gerbil and uh, his uh, songwriting Housewaters <laughs> wrote that song really. You know? I think he did Alice, too. I believe Yeah, I right. think Alice just threw his name on there, you know, but all right, we'll get to that uh, album soon. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think about this album, Lou? Raise your fist and yell. Um, I thought it was a definite improvement over Constrictor. Mm. Um, especially the opening track, Freedom. I said, now this is an improvement. Uh, Lock Me Up. You know, I thought it was boneheaded and cheesy, but who cares? It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Give the Radio Back kind of reminded me a little bit of Teenage Frankenstein. Again, you know, can't expect to deviate from it since it's pretty much the same lineup. Mm. Um, but I thought it was catchy. I'm and you know, again, pertaining to what I was saying before about the whole John Kalaner AR thing. Um, Alice is definitely giving something different than whatever was happening in 87, and a lot was happening that year. I mean, you know, you had um uh, the crew with the girls, girls, girls album and tour, and White Snake and Guns N' Roses were the opening acts again. You know, I think uh was that that was either uh, Greg or Mandy that mentioned that, um, you know, as well as a lot of the other pop. I mean, you had hysteria as well. So Alice was definitely doing something different than everyone else. And, you know, I definitely think he retook his rifle place as Rock's boogeyman. Uh, Step on you. Thought the lyrics were simple, but I thought the song flowed well. Um, not that kind of love. I have to admit it was my second favorite song on the album. I thought it was catchy and I liked the groove. Prince of Darkness, I was not really impressed by too much. Uh, Time to Kill, I love the acoustic intro, and I thought the song was good. Uh, Chop, Chop, Chop kind of reminded me of Elected a little bit, and I really Mm -hmm. liked that. I thought it was, I didn't think it was bad at all. Um, Gail, I appreciated the theatrics behind the music. I thought it, once again, Alice is tapping into his uh, nightmare um, Mm -hmm. era with that. And my favorite song on the album, which is the final song on the album, Roses on White Lace. Um, again, I thought that uh, Raise Your Fist was a definite step up from the previous album. 
Um, you know, here we see that the 80s are more than halfway through and Alice has returned to take his throne back. Um, although with <laughs> Trash, even though it brought him back into the pop spotlight, which we've already confirmed that, um, it's just good to hear him on a record playing with a band again. And uh, I also, thought this one got an eight out of ten. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I agree. But also, um, you know, whatever he was in Wayne's World later, trash. You know, he made a bunch of cameos and all this, and he was back in the pop spotlight. But more importantly, for raise your fist and yell, he was in a John Carpenter movie as a vagrant, impaling a guy with a fucking bicycle, and it inspired a new part of his stage show. Now that's Alice Cooper. That's pretty cool. And I love John Carpenter. Yeah. The song's actually in the movie, too. The guy he kills is listening to it on his headphones. And then it pops up in a couple snippets later on. Oh, we have to acknowledge that uh, James is wearing a John Carpenter-themed T-shirt. Halloween. Awesome. Very nice, uh, so James. Actually, nice. this, is, this came from uh, Halloween Horror Nights, which one of the houses was John Carpenter's original Halloween, so cool. Uh, yeah, so that was, so, that was uh, very James. Uh, had you heard any of the songs off this one prior to? Nope. And what overall? What did you think? Uh, I think I think it was really well done. Outside of the first three songs, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I can't give it a ten out of ten, but I can give it an eight point five. How much of an improvement do you think Alice made between albums, in your opinion? It, between this it's only the, a year apart keep in mind too the sound the sound is more mature uh, i do enjoy that it sounds like it's more mature sounding so like they they had more time together i think um alice letting uh roberts and winger do their thing with like the melodies and everything i think helped a lot uh with this song because i think i feel like it just feels like a more professional sounding looking and lyrically better album and as a drummer, Wayne, what did you think of the drum sound on here compared to the previous Constrictor album? Oh, it's way better, you know, because it's an actual player, you know, and he got and it's Ken Mary, so he's you know made he made the album to, for me, you know, especially with his playing. But uh, noticed, you know, like uh, the production Michael was Wagner, better too. So I noticed Michael Wagner produced this, and he seems to be a better fit than uh, Bo, uh, Bo Hill was for sure. Yeah. But uh, overall, I, I agree with everybody so far. You know, the album's good. Um, I, I like the second half a little bit better. And, and Gail's probably, Gail and Roses on White Lace is probably my favorite songs off the whole thing because, like Lou mentioned before, it brings back that theatrical thing that Alice yeah. hasn't done in a while. So uh, yeah, I, I, wish, I wish there was more of that on the album. It, it's just not as calculated as Constrictor. Mm. It sounds like Constrictor, you know, Alice is writing a song and he'd run to the radio and go, now let me tweak it to sound more like whatever. Mm. I mean, that wild boys thing is pretty funny, but it's probably not far off. You know, that's what Lou said, you know, about simple disobedience. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it'd be a funny statement, but I did feel that way. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I never thought about it till you mentioned it, but that drum, you know, it's yeah. just speeded up version of wild boys. Plus, keep in mind, Alice, Alice is, you know, his daughter was, you know, maybe three or four. Maybe she was, like, you know, her and her mom were listening to Duran Duran. Who knows, you know? Quite possibly. Yeah. Probably was a man eater. Um, Greg? <laughs> that was Paul and Oates. 
Uh, yeah, that was Holland Notes there, you, un you uncultured swine. You, you they were sitting, me. they were living in Rio at the time, okay? Oh, I'm so right. glad Wayne's getting eaten alive right now. What? <laughs> and much, much, much like their big single in 1986, uh, Wayne is out of touch. Oh. <laughs> he, he is not getting a one-on-one. -on -one big bang. Boom, bitch. Boom. Shows you how much I know Duran, Duran. No can uh, do, Wayne. Sorry. No. So uh, do you guys think if Alice did make did Greg go? It, well, uh, I don't no, know if Greg went. Doing it right now. Um, yeah. th this is actually one of my favorite uh, Alice records. I mean, I did have it when I was young, but it's just it's real good overall. I'd give it a eight point five two um, constrictor. I'd give a six, but this is just it's way more focused. It actually feels like a full album because you know, like with the previous one. Everything sounds really good and together on side one. And then after the world needs guts at the beginning, it just kind of falls apart in a disarray. They, you can tell they've been playing longer together here and uh, just, they wrote the songs better. The only one that I would kind of say is uh, weaker than the rest maybe is uh, give the radio back, but I still like that one. I think they did a real good job here. Still a little bit of room for improvement, but it's a good record. I guess my question is, if Alice didn't make these albums, would he have been able to make that commercial comeback that he did with uh, Trash? In your I opinion? don't think so. You I think you... Nope, sorry. Go ahead, Greg. Okay. I was going to say, I think he was away for too long because uh, while we, we know the Blackout albums because we're hardcore fans and all that, you know, None of them really sold particularly well. And then he was totally out of the spotlight and recovery and everything for a while. I don't think he needed a platform to launch that big comeback on. I'm reading a thing here about the, uh, I'm reading about the tour and how violent the acts were on the stage. Yep. He brought the guillotine back for this one. Well, he, like you mentioned before, he impaled somebody with a bike from that yes. movie. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there was um, so the the Germans didn't like it. So you knew that was pretty fucked up when the when the Germans don't allow you to do it. Yeah. Oh, "Roses on White Lace" is one of the best songs uh, in his whole career. That uh, that closing suite is great, and me personally, I like it a little bit better when he keeps it short like that most of the time. Like "Welcome yeah. to My Nightmare" is great, but. Uh, goes to hell from the inside it gets stretched a little thin so and also you know this is metal <laughs> yeah it's probably the most metal album he has really right? actually a lot of this is um, almost, you know, uh, yeah yeah i mean the other uh, later album um um blue planet yeah blue planet that's what i'm thinking of that's a little yeah. heavy too but yeah. at the time this is, dragon this town, from, yeah dragon town too yeah but at this time, it's like the heaviest one. So, but it's not a terrible album. So everybody should go check that out. And even go check out a Constrictor. It's got some great stuff on there. Uh, anybody else want want to uh, say anything else about Alice Cooper? Uh, not about Alice Cooper, but Kane Roberts. I think it's really cool that he, that after his solo albums, he does a band in '99 called Phoenix Down, and he does it. The entire song, the <coughs> album, is based off of a video game. Oh, cool! Final that. Fantasy, which is which is it's one of the best games ever made. It is Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, under the under a wild sky is is pretty much he said that based he based a lot of it off of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, wow. Well, I want to ask you and Lou, Wayne and Lou, the same question. Even you, James, if you'd like to jump in. Uh, do you think that without these two albums, Alice could have made the big commercial comeback he made in '89 with uh, Trash? I think so because these two albums are departure from Trash, really. You know, at least yeah. don't sound anything like Trash. So I think maybe if he had that, if he didn't do these two albums and had that break, and people missed him, and came back all of a sudden did trash because trash is actually pretty good i do like it i think he would have been fine um again i'd have to go by the timeline it's these two albums are a departure from those early 80s records so i think for him to come back into the realm of hard rock he needed this but to become a for lack of a better term a, a pop star um trash was what you know catapulted him there mm. because i i do remember um poison and and how it it was a big hit single for him i mean even my own brothers who were not really alice cooper fans they had the trash cassette because it was I don't want to say overexposed, but it, it definitely had a lot of exposure. But I think for him to get to that point, yeah, he needed these two records because, you know, yeah, I get what you're saying, Wayne, that trash is a departure from these two records. But again, these two records are a huge departure from Flush of Fashion, Zipper right. Catch a Skin, and Dada. So, yeah, I well, think he needed to make them. And then, then in the eyes of the main public, you know, especially back then, or music industry was such a fickle ever-changing business i just don't think he could be you know basically absent from the big public eye and the top of the charts like that hell half of those records he didn't even tour for damn near eight years and come back and have trash be the smash it was i i don't think it would have worked without these two i don't know sometimes you you just don't know until something just goes away you know that's true. How are we going to miss you unless you go away? <laughs> well, you know, Wayne, you are you did you did just damn steal my fucking line. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you know I was going to use the line. God I didn't know. I didn't know. You knew that. Don't you lie. Um, I'm actually going to disagree with this. Not not because I'm trying to be contrarian, but for me, as a kid, you know, I remember when Hey Stupid came out. You know, that, that was 91. I was seven. You know, I was I was old enough to remember that stuff. And honestly, I remember hasty because of Feed My Frankenstein from Wayne's World. So right. there's there's that. Um, I, I think these were good for him to be able to stay not like relevant or anything like that. But they were good to keep his chops going for that when he did go on. And it let him and the tours, I think, were more helpful than these albums were because that let him keep his chops and his sound so that when he made it when when he did get come back and make the big comeback he was ready to capitalize on it so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say because of these albums that's what made you know trash and hey stupid better he was just ready to to pounce on it when it when it happened he's ready to chop 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 he was ready to chop 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 i was ready to take that video back for the maniacs 
That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there may not be that much rock radio playing Alice Cooper, but I will say this. Go see him live because every time he goes out on tour, he's got a killer band backing him up. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him opening for um, Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath with Dio, where Queensryche opened for them. Um, You know, he had Eric Singer on drums and Chuck Garrick on bass. Um, Unfortunately, I forgot who the guitar players were, but they the band was just just a killer lineup. Uh, seen in the second time around opening for Maiden. Um, you know, he had, Ori- he had Orianthi in the band. And, you know, yeah, I mean, people remember her as the uh, as a woman that had that uh, According to You song. But let me tell you, you get praise from Vi, you know, you're worthy of that praise. And, you know, again, a killer guitar player replaced by another killer guitar player, Nita Strauss, and now Kane's in, uh, back in the band. But yeah, Alice never surrounds himself with shit musicians. So check him out live. See, see it for yourself. One of the best shows I've ever seen was Alice Cooper. I saw him in 2005 on the Dirty Diamond Store, which that's a great record. That's like back to the killer days of the original Alice Cooper band there. Woman of Mass Distraction is a killer tune. But um, I saw him at Wolf Trap which is an outdoor amphitheater, but a smaller one that is a playhouse down in Virginia. And it was really cool because the uh, acoustics were awesome. And then just, it was perfect for the stage show. Couldn't tell you who was in the band then, but uh, Cheap Trick opened, I believe. Mm -hmm, Cool. Well, Well, I saw Alice in 86 and 87, 90, 94. 92. 91, 92, 93, 94. 90. Yeah, I've seen him several. I've seen him several times. What was your favorite time that you've seen him? 86, because I was 16. I, I never thought I'd get to see him live because he had stopped touring. You got to keep in mind back then, a rock star approach in his 40s was unheard of, you know. And mm-hmm. uh and I was really excited. And then uh a matter of fact, I was so excited. I kept throwing shit at Vinnie Vincent because I couldn't wait for them to get off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. They were like, and it was a weird at the time. Now it's not unusual, but at the time, I was 16. They were like 30 year old guys. When you're 16 at that time, anyway, 30 may have been 100, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Now you see all age groups. And then, uh, and he came, and then I remember, I still remember clear as day. They didn't announce the incredible Alice Cooper. It just a curtain fell. It was this fog. And then you saw him walk out and the audience just erupted and all these people just rushed and you could see that the security guards got scared. But Alice handled it well because he didn't panic. He just stood there like he's a school. I, I can't describe it. And you were just mesmerized. There were guillotines. You know, it was just amazing. Matter of fact, at one point, there's a guy named like Jason who tried to. Alice turns around like somebody's trying to kill him. It was a great show, mostly because <laughs> I'd never seen. I mean, I was just really excited, you know. Right. Yeah. By the way, I, just... Roberts, I mean, he looked like a, a beast. I mean, it, it, the guitar looked like a toy. I've never, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. It was incredible. <laughs> and no one since then has, uh, yeah. you know, but, pull that yeah. off. But, uh, you know, I, I just read Alice Cooper himself is 75 years old. When yeah. you're, 
you know, I mean, he he just recently, well, you know, back in 2015, you know, he was the opening act for the two year Motley Crue farewell tour. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Farewell. You should have stayed gone. Um, but anyway, um, from what I heard from people who were at that concert, Alice blew the crew away. And that yeah, doesn't surprise wow, me. And the fact hard. that he's 75 and still doing it, putting these new jacks to shame. I mean, come on. I had friends who are not don't know Alice Cooper's song one other than schools out and they saw him live opening for a crew and and they walked away Alice Cooper fans. They were shocked out, you know. Hmm. I would have walked out after Cooper got off stage. He used to have either, you know. What's that? I would have walked off after Cooper got off stage. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear Tommy Lee do a drum solo to hip hop songs. I mean, I love hip hop, but I mean, you know. If you're going to do a drum solo, do a freaking drum solo. And, you know, I don't want to hear key stop my ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he bothers singing. He usually throws a microphone out there, you know. Yeah. I've got soundboard recordings of them from back on the Shout at the Devil and Too Fast for Love tours, though. They were always shitty live. Yeah, yeah Vince Neil was charismatic, but yeah. The uh, that, it, that always that always reminds me of hearing the stories of Henry Rollins and Iggy Pop trying to go out there and outdo each other. Like Henry Rollins really trying to outdo Iggy Pop every night and mm-hmm. couldn't do it. <laughs> and then one night, just like was like he's like, "Ha, I got him!" And freaking Iggy Pop goes out there and takes the what was it the the Colts freaking flower pots and starts breaking them <laughs> during the during the concert. <laughs> I mean, that that's what it sounds. I mean, that's how what, what I picture Alice Cooper type shows. Like, you know, someone's gonna be like, should should be like, yeah, I want to beat the you know beat him on stage, and then realizing you're just pushing the stone, you're just pushing yeah. a stone uphill. Yeah. Well, keep in mind the original Alice Cooper band was in Detroit, competing with Iggy and the Stooges, MC Five, Ted Nugent's Amboy Dukes. Uh, and that band was not afraid to open for anybody. They'd open up for John Lennon. They'd open up for the Doors. They'd open up for your mother's house garden party if they were hired. I mean, these guys worked their asses off, you know. Love that band, mother's house garden party. Great shit. Great <laughs> shit. Great <laughs> shit, pal. It's it seriously like ACDC, same thing. Those guys, you know, you want to get to where you want to be and you want to be the best. Uh you know, you just look at Black Sabbath with Ozzy. Everyone says those last shows with Ozzy were terrible. Maybe, but they still sounded good. And they were, what, at 60% at that time? Because they were all drugged out. I mean, it's incredible stuff, you know. Mm. I mean, I saw Ozzy in 2003 was still amazed at how he was going in 2003. And yet he still had another 20 years in him. Almost. Yeah, that's true. That's incredible, really. That's <laughs> yeah, insane. All right. Well, I think the show is over. You think the show's over? Are you calling the show over or are you saying the show should be over? The show is over because we have another show to do. So, anybody else got anything? Oh. What's you, what? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, Lou, what's going on with you? There are two good albums, and you should definitely at least get Raise Your Fist and Yell and watch Prince of Darkness. Great movie. Right. And not Monster Dog. But watch it anyways. What do you got to lose? 90 at minutes least, of your life. At least how, how dare you say that when you have watched Motorama on this show, ball. sir? <laughs> uh, what do I have to announce? Um, well, the Severed Angel album, Wayne. The oh, yeah, out, the, that, the artwork has been released. 
And the album will be released worldwide on Slipjack Records on Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. By the way, seeing that announcement this morning, um, not only did you find the most metal looking album cover ever, you also did the great uh, thing with like Man of War and everything. And you found the most jacked up, definitely not a little homoerotic angel. <laughs> I do applaud you boys for that. That was all lose I did. I, I, I actually, I, I don't want to take all the credit. Oh, it was my idea. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but uh, Wayne, do you remember the name of the artist from Poland who actually drew that? It's in the book. I don't remember. It's in the booklet, head. but mm-hmm. you know, like, he, you know, his, he's, he was like, you know, what's my motivation? Wayne's like, Lou, what's the motivation? And I just told him and he brought it to life. Basically said Man of War. No, it had nothing to do with Man of War. I don't know. It looks very Man of War. Kind of did. It ended up looking Man of War, but that wasn't the idea. But, you know, though it looked good. Honestly, honestly, it looks like an awesome, like, anime pose. I actually really do enjoy it, so. But it it looks really good. Honestly, the first thing I thought of was uh, Conan the Barbarian when he says, I prayed to Krom. That's what it looks like he's doing, praying to Krom, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Ali Z- Zilankiv? Zilankiv? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry for fucking up that name. But we'll call uh, him Muhammad Ali just for us. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to call you pal. But uh, he was, he's on a fiver, so if you go that name's for... a fucking nightmare. So I'm gonna call you Gregory. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, but uh, uh, he did a great job of it, and you know, thank you again. And uh, you know, he, uh, you know, my, my whole f- my, the whole concept was just basically like you know the I, you know, I I didn't want to make it like religious because I realized that you know not everyone in the band is a believer and that's this and that but i they thankfully everyone in the band was turned on to the idea of the fact that an angel you know is supposed to be a protector and this guy's supposed to be a guardian so you know my whole thing was just having him bloodied you know beaten but still standing you know tall over his enemies and you know and the, the idea of him being faceless was you know that i thought that anyone could relate to it and it wasn't until after I realized, oh, yeah, I guess uh, Man of War and Disturbed took the same idea. Well, if three bands could come up with the same idea, then it's not copyright infringement. So fuck y'all. <laughs> Greg, Greg, what are the greatest sounds in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the, you know, Conan, what's the, what's the greatest sound in the world? Crush your enemies. Uh, crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. That is good. That is good. <laughs> but the, the good thing is the app doesn't sound like Man of War. So it does not. It does not sound like anything like Man of War. If you um, like the singles, you're gonna love the album. So yeah. Uh, what about you, James? You got anything going on? Uh, we'll be uh, definitely before I have a uh, no huddle. We're going on. We're going solo, and we're about to be doing uh, recording our first uh, season reviews, and also looking at the head of the uh, college football season because we do not stop. Even though college football's over, uh, for this year we're still going strong. All right, very good. Okay, well I guess that's it. Ratsoutreview.com, and some really cool news. We're about to do the King Diamond podcast, so if you guys have been missing that, that's coming back. All right, so keep an eye out for that, and we will see you next week. Until right. then, Monster yeah. Dog.
Nah, Demoni. Monster Dog. Jesus Christ. The hell's Monster Dog? The it's Alice Cooper movie. film. I'm kidding. Stop oh, dragging oh, it your out. next favorite film, Dwayne. That Duran Duran song? I gotta get up no, to five, that... god damn it. No, it's an actual movie. It's an actual movie, Alice made. Anyway. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Goodbye.